Hi, welcome to episode 613 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and my eyes are bugging me. My vision is blurry. I can't see right. What's going on? In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. And today it's Fantastic Four, Volume 4, Number 12, from November 2013, Planet Future Part 2, written by Matt Fraction, with Christopher Sebola, ooh, that's why his story is extra special, and penciler Mark Bagley. So back on the planet, uh, Saritas, the time terrorists are in their ship with Ben, Sue, and Franklin, traveling to the distant future to find Reed, Johnny, and Valeria. Franklin is chatting with one woman about how badly she's been trying to send herself and her friends back in time because they love the past. But the FF do it so easily. Franklin mentions that he used to keep a secret universe in his closet. She asks, what happened to that? And Franklin just grins back at her. What does that mean? What happened to his universe? Did he kill his universe? Meanwhile, Ben is roughing up one of the terrorists, trying to get him to tell them where Reed and the others went. Ben lets him go, and he says he'll lead them, he'll lead the way to find them. Actually, it's later on we'll see that it's Sue who finds him. So in the distant past, on Cerritas, which is a terrible name for a planet, Reed, Valeria, and Johnny, and Old Man Johnny, had traveled back in time to a point Valeria calls being after the Big Bang, but before people. Which is very, very vague. That's like a span of billions and billions of years. Next, Reed finds something strange. It's a giant purple monster. It's got horns. It's got four eyes. And he wants to eat Reed and his family. It's a four-eyed, very horny, walking purple people eater. Reed screams for everyone to get back. Yeah, really, Reed? That's the kind of good advice you can expect from such an experienced leader. The two Johnnies go on the attack, shooting flames at the big monster. Back with Ben, Sue, and Franklin and the terrorist, Ben has had to put on gloves because the rocks keep falling off his hands. I don't think the comics code would have approved of us seeing Ben get his rocks off. Uh, gross. They go zipping through time until they reach a point where Sue's communicator links up with Reed's communicator. And so eventually they find him and the others and they land in the distant past as well. They arrive to find the monster getting his head burnt off by Johnny, by Johnny's. They all get out, they're all happy to see each other. Well, other than the fact that Ben isn't too happy to see two Johnnies, even though old man Johnny is black. Not African-American black, that would be crazy, but just covered in black, a black tight costume from head, from his face, on down. And so while the FF are busy, the time terrorist, terrorists, run back to the time ship, they steal it, and fly away. You know, I guess all these years of experience of being a superhero hasn't taught Reed a very valuable lesson to not turn your back on terrorists because they're terrible. Old Man Johnny assures them 
they will all be okay. They just need to find a cave to hide from the monsters. So the group of them go traipsing off through some prehistoric alien world, which that's gotta be scary as hell. I mean, I think prehistoric Earth would be scary enough, but a prehistoric world you know nothing about? Yikes. Behind them, a big purple claw sticks up out of a bubbling pool of water. I guess all these years, years of experience of traveling to alien worlds hasn't taught Reed a very valuable lesson, which is that people need to be looking off in every direction. I mean, you've got five adults. Have everybody looking off in different directions. I learned that from watching Vietnam War movies. Dudes hiking through the jungle, they keep an eye in every direction. But here I guess it's not such a problem because this big purple monster jumps out, he looks pretty scary, but he's very easy to beat. In this case, the one attacking learns that it's clobbering time as Ben punches the crap out of him. But then, a whole bunch more show up and they're surrounded. Can't Sue just like use her force fields to crush their hearts or something? That idea was circulated once in this book, but never used. But when you're fighting big giant prehistoric monsters, go for it! Crush some hearts! All she does is protect everyone with force fields and the thing and the human torch. The human torches take on the monsters. At one oh, point, because Ben ends up in the mouth I'm of the He defeats it, but when he emerges, a whole bunch of rocks on his torso are torn off, revealing the lumpy skin underneath. Oh, and then Sue mentions that she is busy lobotomizing one of the creatures. Well, there you go. Finally, using her powers correctly. So Ben joins the others under the forest field, and so do the Johnnies. And the alien dinosaurs, they keep on coming and coming, surrounding them all again. Valeria reveals that she's changed her mind. She doesn't want to be on Celeritas anymore. And then, as things start to look very, very bleak, there's a flash of light. All the dinosaurs have been turned into giant parade balloons? Was that something that Franklin did? No one says. And then, the revamped time ship lands, the ramp opens up, and out of the ship comes five colorfully dressed kids. They seem to be looking for the Fantastic Four, and they all seem to be siblings. They're joined by some older people, the old versions of the time terrorist who left the FF there in the first place. They're the grandparents of the kids. The elderly leader of the group says that he apologizes for stranding the FF in the past all those years ago. Now for some reason, every one of the time terrorists and their kids, they get out of the ship and they let everyone from the Fantastic Four onto the ship. It's like they're stranding themselves in the past on purpose now. And the FF, no shit's given. They don't question this logic at all. But just before the door closes, one girl says, Good luck in the doomed universe. Someone says to the girl, Let them find out for themselves. So the FF fly off, and, le and later, Reed is putting Valeria to bed, with her apologizing for not finding out what's wrong with the Fantastic Four. The two Johnnies are in bathrobes, with old man Johnny, not wanting to tell Johnny about the future. We see Sue putting Franklin to bed, and then over with Ben, he's alone, getting his rocks off, 
And now, all the rocks have fallen off, and revealing underneath... What does he look like without all the rocks? Well, he's back to his old lumpy self, the way he first appeared in the early issues of the Fantastic Four. Also, the same way he looked for a while during the John Byrne run. Once again, Fraction is totally trying to channel the John Byrne issues. And that is the end of this issue. Why did the time trap... Why did the time terrorist agree to be stranded in the prehistoric past? They're not going to last a day with all those big giant prehistoric purple dinosaurs. I still don't get that. Hi, it's time for a quick look over at FF Volume 2, Number 12, Mind Mischief, story by Matt Fraction. And Mike Allred. And Lee Allred. Script by Lee Allred. Art by Mike Allred. Colors by Laura Allred. Wow. This issue is a trifecta of nepotism. The issue opens with Scott laying Ant-Man having nightmares. Scott has a nightmare about ants, of course. And his dead daughter, of course. And a dead Valeria. Well, that's not really a nightmare, is it? He wakes up screaming. Fake Julius Caesar and Maximus Mad are bonding over some cereal, with Caesar trying to manipulate Maximus into helping him conquer Doctor Doom. And back with Doctor Doom, Annihilus, the young Immortus, and his girlfriend, Ravona, they're talking about some portals, which are being built by John Storm, who I assume is Old Man Johnny. Meanwhile, the kids are getting to know Adolf Impossible, who they find a bit boring. One of the Moloids hands Adolf a copy of Fantastic Four 176. A really horrible issue, by the way. An issue with the Impossible Man. Later, we see Maximus and Old Man Johnny. You know, I forgot he was in this series, too. That's too much. That's too much, Old Man Johnny. Doom, Doom calls up Alex Power and orders him to steal the plans for the portal and to kill Old Man Johnny. Alex's parents are being held hostage by Doom, so he doesn't really have much choice. Up on the roof, Scott and Darla are chatting, and they're getting closer and closer, and they almost kiss, but she accidentally spills coffee on them. Now, does Scott Lang want the real Johnny to come back, since he's about to get it on with his girlfriend, Darla? Adolf comes away from reading FF-176, saying that his dad is not a supervillain. But then they give him a copy of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, Deluxe Edition Number 6, with a cover by John Byrne, and an entry on The Impossible Man, confirming that The Impossible Man is a supervillain, because heroes have primary colors, yellow, red, blue, and the supervillains all have non-primary colors, like purple and green. In, a, in another room, the She-Hulk is boxing with Darla, who's in her Thing costume, while Dragon Man measures the She-Hulk's strength it turns out this is all just a ruse for Dragon Man to, uh, you know, see chicks fight and be a little pervy. Next, we see Adolf bonding with Crystal's daughter, Luna, over episodes of an anime children's show with Marvel Universe characters. So that portal, which is being built by Old Man Johnny, is almost done. Doom and his gang are sweating over it, expecting the Fantastic Four to return any minute. But they turn on the portal, and instead of the Fantastic Four appearing, the future Foundation gang disappears. And that is the end of the issue. 
And despite the guest writer and the trio of co-writers, it doesn't feel any different from the other issues of FF Volume 2, which is, of course, you know, batshit crazy. So it's pretty normal in that regard. So that's all for now. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, or, you know, love making advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff, or you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Oh, and because it's 2013, here you go. Open Gangnam Style! Gangnam Style.